I hate backseat captaining. I guess what prompted this episode is that recently the HMS Rose, or HMS Surprise, depending on who you talk to, it recently ran backed into a breakwater and got some significant damage done. And I remember, I remember watching the video, and it, it had some thoughts right away. But, but, but mostly, mostly my thoughts were, huh? I wonder what happened. Uh, but it's fascinating watching, of course, all the internet people instantly give their two cents. Some of it was witty little, you know, master commander quips like, "Oh, Jack Aubrey would have done that." That kind of thing, which which is cute. I, I get it. Then there was others who just clearly were not captains, clearly were not sailors, did not understand at all or give any benefit of the doubt for that situation. And that's what kind of got me thinking about this episode, which I'm calling backseat captaining. Now, I should probably explain what I mean by backseat captaining because it could mean different things to a lot of people. Basically, usually it's in the moment. You can watch videos. I mean, I, I I guess the comments on the HMS Rose would constitute backseat captaining to some extent, uh, especially coming from just really no knowledge, a lot of those people. But but essentially, it's usually in the moment. So somebody's trying to dock a boat, and you may be, you know, what it sometimes looks like to me is the person is passively telling their friends behind the captain's back while on the vessel, like, oh, this is what I would be doing, or this is what this captain should be doing, which is really bad. Uh, Or it might be a person on the dock who's passively sitting there and just watching somebody trying to dock a boat and having a hard time of it or getting into an accident or whatever, and they're making comments and talking them through it in the heat of the moment. Uh, Not talking the captain through it, mind you, but talking to their friends about that captain. Um, or it could be somebody passively watching, you know, saying what the captain should be doing while watching a video. I think the recurring theme here is it's kind of, it's it's a really passive sort of, I don't want to say cowardly, that's a little bit too strong, but you're not really doing any good. It just comes across as pretty mean to me. I'm going to kind of get into that in a little more detail, but basically you're not helping anybody, especially if the captain can hear you, that's... That's not how you give advice to somebody. That's not how you offer assistance to a captain who's having a hard time or is in need. But So usually, yeah, it's like a passive kind of thing where a captain who probably has been in many accidents, I would guess, or probably doesn't know his trade or his or her trade all that well, I would guess, because otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Uh, you wouldn't be backseat captaining. Uh, they're trying to make themselves look better. You know, kind of poke some fun at someone else and, you know, we're, we're part of this group and haha, and that other group, they don't know what they're talking about, that type of sailor or that type of, you know, whatever the group may be. Yeah, it's pretty, it's not a good thing. Now, here's what backseat captaining is not. It is not this. So I'm not saying you should never critique things. That's not true at all. In fact, quite the opposite. A lot of times, anytime, you know, anytime something went badly in a docking or really good in a docking when I was, you know, especially when I was starting out as captain, I would take the crew side usually, or at least key crew members, you know, who were involved with it and talk about what went wrong, what went right, what, what could be improved upon, you know, their take on it. Cause a lot of times when you're at the captain's seat, you might be noticing stuff that, but you might not notice things that other crew members would notice. 
So it's really important to assess things. I, I even kept a docking journal, which is hilarious. You know, maybe at some point I'll share that with people. It's pretty funny. Uh, you could definitely see like, yeah, it took a lot of learning to get good at docking boats and figuring out what went wrong, what went right. But yeah, so I'm not saying you shouldn't critique things. I'm not saying you shouldn't do self-assessment or, or even assess others. That's not what I'm saying, but there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. And it's not passively talking with friends to think that you're making yourself feel better while somebody's struggling. That's not when to do it. It's also different from giving information. I do not want to discourage any deckhands or engineers or anybody from giving the captain information. There's a big, big difference between, you know, some some engineer saying, oh, if I was in charge, I'd be, I'd have idled ahead already, you know, versus uh, somebody informing the captain, sir, are you aware that we're about to hit a two-knot current? That's pertinent information. Maybe the captain knows, maybe they don't. But you could give that information without giving an order, without criticizing, without th- saying what you think you should do. You know, there's a big difference between saying, oh, captain, well, we're about to hit a, you know, a, the current's about to change and go the different direction. You should probably turn up into it. Like, no, 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 don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. But giving information is okay. It's also different from instruction. Giving an actual instruction is very different from backseat captaining. I mean, I literally jumped on another boat one time. The guy on this 50 plus foot yacht was either drunk or stoned or both. Definitely shouldn't have been driving and didn't know what they were doing, obviously. And I literally jumped on his boat and talked him through the docking. I like, I talked him through how to get his vessel away from our vessel, uh, turn it around. And then we docked his boat and I had to talk him through the instructions. Didn't touch a thing. But I gave him, I mean, you can't give more instruction than that. That definitely wasn't backseat captain. I mean, I was giving him instruction at that point, in my opinion. All right, why dislike it? Why dislike backseat captaining, this passive kind of way of being? Uh, It's the ego thing. It's usually done to either stoke the person's ego who's doing the backseat captaining or the group's ego. And as a captain, that is the number one thing you have to keep in check It happens time and time again that the ego gets out of hand and the person thinks they're better than they are and they crash the boat or they, I mean, they're, they're, I I could go on and on for hours about different situations where this happens. The point is keep that ego in check. And I find the backseat captaining when it's done the way I described it initially, it just, it just stokes the ego in a way that's unhealthy. Uh, also keep in mind, I, I guess this kind of ties in with keeping ego in check, but basically you don't know the whole situation. You might know more or even see more than the captain from where you're standing, but you can't know everything. I mean, really think about it. You can't know all the details of that boat. You can't know necessarily what's going on board. Maybe there's something out of sight below decks that's uh, occurring that you can't know. It's very hard to know everything that's going on at all times. That's not to say that you might have a slightly better view of certain things, but you're not going to know everything. Nobody can. So keep that in mind when you're doing this backseat captaining thing. Like maybe the boat lost its engine. Maybe that's why it's only using the guy's only using one engine. Maybe he has no reverse. Maybe maybe it's just completely gone. It you know, I mean there there are numerous numerous things that could be causing whatever situation is is that you know that's difficult and it could be incompetence too it could but the point is you don't know that i mean there was one time with the aj mirwald where i came racing in this was at cape may 
And I mean, I had to, I screamed in anybody looking from the shore or from, from the channel would have been like, what is wrong with that guy? Like he's making a huge wake, completely ignoring the no wake buoys completely like totally reckless. I mean, I was, I was pushing the, the RPMs as high as those engines could go, getting the boat in as quickly as humanly possible. And the reason was because I had a passenger that we believed was having a heart attack. Uh, the pastor later told us, yeah, you probably saved my life. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, did, would people on shore necessarily know that? No. I mean, obviously I'm radioing in, I'm talking to other mariners, but I'm not communicating with, you know, the, the guy on the side of the dock that is sipping a drink or whatever. Like that's, that's not my purpose there. So, you know, keep in mind, like you might not know what's going on. Yeah. And then honestly, <sighs> Backseat cabin is pretty mean. Like at first it might be funny. It, it really can. It can be like, oh my gosh. I mean, I've, and, and I, I am guilty. I've definitely, that's, that's not true. I, I, I rarely backseat cabin, but I do recall one time uh, I was chatting with, with my now wife, Megan, and we were watching a tugboat come in and I kind of, you know, she asked and she asked me like, there's, there's another thing. Sometimes people ask, they're like, oh, what, what's going on? And so I'm kind of like, well, this is my assessment. Like, oh, you know doing this and this. And I said, yeah, I think if I were that guy, well, I mean, you try to come in and, and, uh, you know, I basically said like, you try to just line up the dock and go in straight and make sure you don't hit the sides. And this tugboat proceeded to just crash into one side, crash into the other, ding, ding, ding. And I said, but there are, there are differently, differing philosophies when it comes to docking. <laughs> and, you know, it was just kind of funny. We we're just poking fun at the situation. And it wasn't a perfect docking for the guy, obviously. But it's also a tugboat. It's like they're surrounded by giant tires and made of steel. Who cares? You know, as long as you don't damage the dock, yeah, you're fine. So who am I to judge? But at some point, yeah, I mean, it can, can actually become mean. And action might actually be needed. And if you're backseat captaining, it can get, it can be distracting from that fact. So you might be poking fun at somebody and not realize, oh, this has actually gotten serious or this person actually needs my help. And now you set up a situation where, what are you going to do? Like you've just been poking fun at the guy the whole time. And now you have to take a chance. Like, okay, now I'm going to go help them and things could go wrong. Well, how do you look then? Or maybe you don't want to help the person because you've already created a scenario where you've made this thing so look so bad. It's like, oh, no, no, I can't go in there. So the point is it can get mean and then it can, it can really take away from the fact that you might need to be able to help the person. Yeah, I mean, the very first order I gave with the Hawaiian chieftain was, uh, was well, one of the first orders I, uh, the very first order I gave with Hawaiian chieftain was to stop the crew from working. So I told them to stop working, uh, which is another whole story in of itself. But I do recall you know, my first time taking that boat out and coming back to dock and we had Lady Washington behind us. So I, I was captain of chieftain. It's my first time essentially docking the boat as captain. And this is on the Chehalis River in Aberdeen. And we docked with, you know, maybe the slightest stern current, but Chieftain had two engines. It's pretty easy to stop her and, and turn her into the dock. So I, I wasn't too concerned. I was able to dock the boat, no problem, even though the current was ever so slightly at the stern. Now, the problem with that river, though, is that current can pick up very, very quickly. So by the time the Lady Washington got in, even though it was only a few minutes later, that current had picked up significantly. She tried to come in doing the same thing we did, and it wasn't working well. The captain was good. He was a good boat handler, 
But unfortunately, he was able to get his bow line on. He got a stern line on, but his stern had popped out. And so all that water rushing from the stern was wedging in between the boat and the dock, making it pretty much impossible for him to get over to the dock. He was having a really, really hard time of it. So I saw that. I wasn't saying anything. I wasn't backseat captaining the other guy, you know, the other captain. I'm just like, okay, what can I do to help? Hawaiian chieftain has a small boat. So crazy Ivan, if you'll recall him from my drunken interview with crazy Ivan, I turned to Ivan and said, Ivan, get in the small boat, get down there, um, head over to Lady Stern and offer assistance. You are not to push unless he asks you to push. You are there to offer assistance. That's all I want you to do is say, I'm here to assist you in any, you know, whatever you need me to do. And so that's what he did. He, he followed orders. He did a great job. He got over there. The captain had him push on the stern and it was just enough, just enough to counter that current. And it, it made the difference that made all the difference. Otherwise he would have had to cast off lines uh, back out. And there's some risk there. He would have probably just flipped the boat around and had the easiest docking in the world going starboard side two against the current. But because I, we were able to help him, it worked out. Had I been backseat captain, I might not have noticed in time, hey, they, you know, we got to get a boat down there real fast. Uh, the other time, I'll, uh, sorry guys, I love telling stories in case you couldn't tell, but I do think they're important. So I remember sitting there with the crew of Hawaiian Chieftain, but this is many, many years later. Um, I was chief mate and I remember we were, we were sitting there on the beach at Port Townsend because we were at haul out. And Chieftain was getting a major, major overhaul. Her ballast was getting moved around and, and switched up and and a pretty pretty big haul out. And so we were resting after a you know, day's work or maybe it was time off, I can't recall. But we were by the beach and we were up you know, we were up high where you could kind of see down to the beach. We were still on the beach, but you could see like there were some shoals and and it was you know just pretty it wasn't heavy winds. It was just a nice day to be on the beach hanging out with crew. Um, but we were looking down and we saw a little wooden boat with a sail, you know, sailing with a little wooden boat that had some passengers on board, probably, I, th- I think it was two or three people. And then, you know, maybe, maybe three or four people. And, and we're kind of, you know, we're, we're sort of poking fun at the guy because he's obviously having trouble steering. And, and it's, it's like, oh, he's, he's about to go on the shoal. Oh my gosh, what's his problem? He just needs to turn away, do this or that. And, and so the crew was kind of poking fun at him as this you know, got worse and worse. And then he went up on the shoal. It's like, oh my gosh, no, 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 what the heck? What's wrong with this guy? You know, they're still poking fun at him. And this, this went on for a few minutes. And then finally I kind of realized like, this guy needs help. <laughs> and so luckily, you know, I hadn't, I, I think I'd maybe put in my two cents of the assessment of the situation, but not, not in a mean kind of way. But I finally just said, you know what? We have a mariner in need. And then stood up, and walked down to go help the guy out. And, you know, several of the crew followed me. And so we ended up, you know, we waded through the water, went out to the shoals and got to the guy. And, uh, you know, his four passengers who were probably his friends were kind of, you could tell they were pretty upset. And the, the guy was really, you know, they were really nervous. And this poor guy was, was nervous. And the instant I came over, I said, do you need assistance? He just handed me the reins. That was it. He's like, Oh, here, help, help. You know, the, the rudder came off and this and that. And so I got some of the crew to hold the boat. The sail was still up. Um, I got the crew to hold the boat steady. I uh, got another crew member to, to ship the rudder. And then I was talking to the guy as this is all happening. I'm like, okay, now what, what happened exactly? Okay, the rudder came out. All right. It might happen again. You know, be aware of that, but you have oars. So just, I, I described to him how you could stick the oar in the water, stick it out to the side and, and get some control 
uh, that way. It kind of acts not as good as a rudder, obviously, but it you know this you make a makeshift steer board and it should work pretty well. So I told him that. I uh, told him also you you always douse sail and just row. You know it might be hard, but you can probably get away with that. Uh, but I did recommend he go straight back to dock and you know not not sail around until he was sure that rudder wasn't going to unship again. Um, so yeah, so they were very thankful and they did, they got underway again. But the point is, yeah, it, it became mean at some point, like this guy really needed our help. And so I'm really happy the crew followed me. Some of the crew did and, uh, that we, we helped somebody in need. So yeah, I don't like backseat captaining. And now I'm going to backseat captain. <laughs> All right. So I know, I know, I just went on this whole long rant and told you a whole bunch of stories about why you shouldn't do it and all this stuff. And um, I'm going to backseat Captain. So the the art, the the cover the cover photo on this episode is the Elba 5. Uh, this, the, not sinking, she didn't actually technically sink, but she, the collision with the Elba 5 and a container ship. And I'm going to backseat Captain that collision. Now, here's why. Uh, here's why I'm going to do this and uh, I'm going to try to explain it because uh, this is not to, to stoke my ego at all. Uh, I, I There's a lot I don't know about the situation. I, I did recently just get uh, a report, like a German re- translation report. Uh, for those of you that know me, I am fluent in German, but I don't necessarily have all the nautical vocabulary. Even though I'm fluent, I, I could probably look up that kind of stuff, but I've been delaying to release this episode for weeks now, so I just don't have time for it. Uh, I will read the the English translation of the it's 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 not really a tribunal because it's not laying blame it's just more of an information like this is you know kind of a listing of facts but despite the fact that I haven't read it yet uh, there is some information I know and there's a lot that I don't know and I'm willing to admit that I don't know that I'm also willing to to read a tribunal in German if if it comes to it um, so I'm I'm not gonna let my ego get out of control there. It's, it's, I, I do not know everything that's going on here. But even though I don't know everything, even though I'm willing to admit I might be wrong, I think there are lessons to be learned. Even if I'm wrong, there are lessons to be learned from this collision that are very, very important that don't necessarily get talked about. So what I know happened for sure, uh, just reading German newspapers and some English newspaper articles, uh, which I see no reason not to trust them. This is pretty non-political. Uh, there are se- there were seven injured people. I have no idea the extent of the injuries. So if anybody who got injured there happens to be reading this and you got a severe permanent injury, I'm truly sorry. Uh, I'm not doing this to, to hurt you at all it's, it, or make any light of what happened. Uh, that's not the point. The point is to prevent things like that from this happening again. Uh, the ship actually remained afloat after impact, which is incredible to think about. I mean, it just shows you how solid <laughs> some of these boats are. Uh, yeah, it took a major hit and still remained float, uh, remained afloat, uh, though it did appear to have sunk in its either its moorings or sunk on route to where they ultimately took the vessel um, after the collision. But at least after the initial collision, it was still afloat. And I would also, I think everybody could agree that mistakes were made. Now, if you haven't already, you should definitely check out the video of the Elba, the first, you know, it's basically the last few seconds right before the impact from the perspective of a person standing just aft in port of the tiller on the Elba 5. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, like I've seen the video dozens of times now, so, so I'm kind of desensitized. But the first time I saw it, it's like, whoa. 
I mean, you'll, you'll probably get a bit of an adrenaline surge if you've sailed on boats like that before. Uh, it's, it's a bad situation getting, getting much worse real fast. Uh, it should be pretty obvious to anybody, even if you don't know boats. All right, here's what I don't know. The container ship might be trying to turn to port. It's sort of hard to say. My gut feeling would be like, yes, it's trying its very best to get to port and, and turn away from the Elba to five. But I can't, I can't know that for sure. It's really hard to tell sometimes in photos with the angle of the land and the boats. It, it, it is sometimes hard to tell, even in the video. It's a little bit hard to tell. Uh, did they have radio contact with the vessel prior? I have no idea. No clue at all. Um, I also don't know what the captain's doing so far forward, or if that even is the captain who comes racing back. In the German, you know, in the German video, you, you can hear somebody saying like, "Oh, it's, he's putting the engine on." I'm assuming they're talking about the the sailing vessel turning its engine on, so the Elba Five turning the engine on. The captain's doing that, but then somebody races aft. I don't know if it's the captain, but whoever they are, they're definitely in charge of steering and figuring out where that tiller needs to go. So for just Bear with me. We're going to call that person the captain, even if they weren't the captain. They're definitely in charge of the steering and making the steering happen properly. So that person will be called the captain. I don't know what that person was doing forward. Uh, the person comes back kind of like, like there's just precious, precious, precious seconds lost. Yeah. So I, I don't know what they were doing forward. Uh, what appears to have happened. So it looks like one of three things. Either the captain tried to steer and go port to port with a container ship. So in this case, this would be an example of just blindly following his interpretation of the rules of the road and that all vessels always have to go port to port, which is nonsense. Uh, I don't think that's what happened, but it's one thing that might have happened. So the captain's trying to turn hard to starboard and go port to port with the container ship. One option. Another one, they the captain might have tried to steer as soon as possible. Now, anybody who sailed a schooner, and you can tell there's some wind there. They've got they got a reef or two in the main. Uh, I don't think I think I, I did read the assessment of the wind from the people involved. I, I think they're overestimating the wind by a tiny bit. But regardless, it's it's windy, and that boat's sailing hard. You can tell it's heeling over. So fair enough. So the easiest way, the quickest way to turn the boat is into the wind without a you know if you're not adjusting sails or anything like that that's that's the easy way to do it it's the fastest way they might have tried to do that and slow down hoping they slow down in time so that the the container ship passes by again seems i, I don't know possibly um the other one is the person might have had some quick tiller dyslexia and just taken the tiller and put the tiller in the wrong direction which which is too bad if that happened. I, I don't know. So it's one of those three things. It's either they were trying to go port to port, they were trying to turn and stop as quickly as possible, let the ship pass, or the person got tiller dyslexia. Uh, by the way, folks, if you sail with a tiller, so that's the big stick that attaches to a rudder. It's it's uh, it's an older... I don't want to say an older way of steering. It's it's just uh, before the invention of the ship's wheel, you had a tiller, and then you had the whipstaff. Uh, some advantages of tiller, it's fast. I mean, you, you will turn that boat much faster than with a ship's wheel. So there are advantages to it. But boy, if you're sailing with a tiller, it needs to be instinctual, 100% instinctual. And anybody on that thing needs to know what you're saying. So if it was tiller dyslexia or if it was a misgiven order, then that should have been sorted out prior, well prior to this accident. So make sure, folks, if you sail with a tiller, that you instinctively, it is it is an extension of your body. You don't even think. You turn the boat to starboard, that tiller swings to port and vice versa. Uh, you don't even think about it. 
and whoever is steering needs to respond to you in the same manner. All right, well, let's get to it. Yeah, so I'm watching the Elba 5 collision video, uh, and I'll, I'll have it linked in the show notes. But basically, the person we're calling the captain, it they appear to have turned on the engine, just according to, to what you, I can hear people in the background talking about the engine turning on. So so I appear, the person appears to have turned on the engine, raced aft, and then stuck stuck his head out the ports, you know, kind of, kind of like to port of the mass just to assess, I'm guessing assessing what the other vessel, what their course is. You can tell, so as, as, the, as the container ship gets closer, uh, you can see it actually moving from left to right from our perspective, uh, as in the viewer in the video, from left to right relative to the background, to the background, uh, you know, towers and trees and that kind of stuff. And so basically you can tell that all things being equal, at least the bow of the ship was going to pass astern of the Elba 5. Now, unfortunately, what happens, this person kind of looks, assesses the course, and then goes to the horn, which, and it starts blowing five horns. And this happens not once, but twice. Uh, oh, wow. Big mistake there. We'll get into that. Uh, and then the person goes and swings the tiller, you know, basically clears everybody out and starts swinging the tiller to port and and turns the boat to starboard and, and puts it right in, I mean, essentially right in front of the course of, of the container ship. So here's the thing. And, and again, I don't know if they're trying to just blindly follow the rules of the road. I mean, we already talked about that, but a lot of people, they, they talk about the rules of the road and they, they, a lot of people tend to put a lot of emphasis on that. They're, they're very good in the sense that, you know, with professional mariners, you, you, and, and, and non-professional mariners, everybody should know the cool, cool reg, you know, rules of the road. Uh, everybody should have that memorized and the main points figured, you know, like, like they should know that intuitively. However, it is there for, it's set up for a one-on-one encounter and it's there as a guidelines. There are guidelines to get you through that encounter so that everybody's kind of on the same page to reduce the likelihood of a collision. The real rule of the road is don't hit anybody and don't let anybody hit you. I mean, that's it. If you go into any situation with your mentality, like I don't want to get hit and I don't want to hit anyone, you're going to be set up for a lot more success than the Yahoo who thinks they know the rules of the road, got it memorized wrong or misinterpreted them, whatever, and and can't let their ego go and gets into an accident trying to think that they have the right of way, which is you know insane. I'm not saying that happened in this case. One other thing I should actually mention about this, this encounter and why I feel like I'm not justified, but why I feel like I can backseat Captain a little better than most is because also I know that the Germans, I lived in Germany for two years, so I kind of know the mentality. And, but also the Germans... They so the tall ship community in Germany usually I think pretty much all the tall ships they're all volunteers except for the captain maybe sometimes the engineer or chief mate but generally speaking nobody gets paid on those ships uh, nobody gets paid on those ships so it's volunteer based so we can actually assume that most of the crew on that ship are guests or volunteers and have very little sail experience anyway back to the rules of the road uh, so how do you actually make it happen so that you don't hit anyone and no one hits you. And I would say before you even get to the rules of the road and interpreting them, uh, there's a lot that needs to happen. And uh, first thing is be aware, 
I mean, that that's number one right there is be aware. How do you do that? Well, look up. I mean, that's, that's the first thing. A lot of accidents occur because people look down at their instruments and don't look up and actually assess the real live world and the real situation that's happening around them. So look up, be aware of the situation, be aware of the environment. You know, what, what's the water doing? What's the wind doing? What's the current doing? Like you can look up all this stuff in advance. What's the tide doing? Uh, get as much information as you can. Uh, use your instruments, use the chart plotter, the, the radio, you, you know, use the radar. I mean, if it's foggy, you should have the radar going. Why not? You definitely need the radar going. If you don't know how to navigate using your radar, if you don't know how to read it, figure that out, get a friend. They watch the chart plotter. Well, you watch the radar one day coming into dock in the daytime when everything's visible and you're not going to get into an accident, like practice using those instruments, know them. Uh, and get as much knowledge as you can. You know, you really should know the charts and the waters and what's going on. Get local knowledge. You know, a lot of times locals know things that, that aren't on the chart. Uh, know the rules of the road. Please figure them out. Read them. You know, the, the, the best guide I've come across is the one minute guide to rules of the road. I'll leave a link to that book. I think every person, every yachtsman, every sailor from you know the biggest container ship to the smallest little yacht should have that book in their library at home and have read it cover to cover. So please get that book, check it out. It's really good. What are the other boats doing? You know, like, like that's really important to be aware of what other, what, what other boats are doing. Is, is there something, you know, can you see them? Do you see someone on the bridge of the other boat? Maybe they're down below making a cup of tea. Maybe they're fast asleep. Maybe they're passed out, have a heart attack and their boats on, on autopilot. You don't know. So if you're aware that, Hey, huh, that's funny. I don't see somebody at the helm of that boat. That's good information. It might make you make a decision earlier than you normally would. So be aware. The other thing is make sure the other people are aware of you. Make sure the other sailors out there, the other kayakers, the other swimmers in the water, whatever, make sure the other group is aware of you. So that would be kind of the, the next thing in line. Uh, how do you do this? Well, there's lots of ways to do it. The big one is make your intentions clear. You know, if you're, if you're going head to head with another vessel, make your intentions clear. Don't just turn five degrees to starboard indicating you want to pass port to port. You know, like turn 30 degrees, turn 30, over-exaggerated, turn 30 degrees, make it really, really clear, get your boat over a tiny bit. Then you can go back to your little 10 degree turn. You know, just make, make sure that it's clear to somebody that what your intentions are. Now, this said, a uh, very, very important thing, especially if you're in a channel and have limited maneuverability and limited space to maneuver. So I want you to repeat after me. I will not get into an accident avoiding another accident. So I had, I had a captain from Boston. It was so great. He's like, Johan, I got a lesson for you. Now repeat after me. I will not get into an accident while trying to avoid another accident because it happens all the time. So uh, really be, and again, that comes to awareness, right? Okay, there's a boat ahead of you. You don't know its intentions. Well, before you turn, make sure you know you're not going to turn into a really shallow area or hit somebody or, or there's a boat, you know, passing, you know, coming up behind you on your stern. If the best situation in that, remember, it's not going to be rules in the road. Okay, you got an oncoming, you know, head to head, uh, you're going head to head with another vessel, but now you have a boat overtaking you on your starboard side. What do you do? Well, you know, there are different options. I mean, and I'm, and honestly, you're going to have to make that decision, that call yourself. But the more aware you are, if you're aware of that vessel behind you, if you're aware of the vessel in front of you, the more you give yourself time, the better. In that scenario, you might have to slow down. 
and let the other vessel pass you first and then take their stern really quickly to get out of the way. You know, you, you may, I mean, there's, there's so many different scenarios. I'm not going to get into that. We, this, this podcast will last hours. That's not the point. The point is be aware. The more aware you are of everything around you, the better you can make a decision, the sooner you can make a decision. And as we saw with, with the incident, with the Elba, the collision there, precious, precious seconds were lost uh, completely needlessly. So also how to make people aware, communicate. You got a radio, you got a horn. Usually one little beep is enough. You don't have to, most, most people don't know the horn signals. So if you see another yacht, I would not assume ever that they know the horn signals. I just give them a little beep. Hey, wake up, buddy. You know, let them know you're there. If they're not looking at you or don't seem to be, be aware, uh, use the radio. Why not? You know, most people monitor channel 16. If you don't, you should. So get on channel 16, please. Only use it for hailing in distress. It's not used for radio checks, folks. There, there are other radio stations. You just have to check your local guide or check in with, with the Coast Guard. They'll tell you what, what radio stations to use uh, for, for checking, on, uh, checking your, that your radio is working. So do not use Channel 16 for that. Hailing in distress only. But it is used for hailing. So please use it to talk to others and, and make, make quick arrangements or to definitely be listening to it. I'll keep you clear what's going on. Uh, so last, so we've done all these things, right? You're aware. The other people are aware. You're communicating with them. You're making intentions clear. Uh, you're planning ahead, you know, trying to avoid accidents well in advance. The last situation really is maneuvering. And when I say maneuver, I mean, like, you might actually have to really move your boat. It might, you might even have to put your boat in some minor jeopardy, like go into the mud. If it's, uh, you know, let's say a huge container ship suddenly loses control and, Oh my gosh, what do, what do you do? You know, like like the best scenario might be, ah, I better put my boat in the mud right now. And I've actually, I'll, I'll link a video where a container ship or, or possibly a tanker, I have to look at the video again. But basically it does just that. Um, it was on one of the rivers I was on. And I did not take this video, by the way, but it's it's pretty crazy. This This boat goes straight into the mud. Very, very good decision. The other option would have been hit the bridge and possibly destroy it which would have been horrific plus environmental damage uh, it, it could have it could have been very very bad so i think they made the right choice they went into the mud the vessel was fine to my knowledge but pretty epic seeing this giant vessel and the bulbous bow just come right out of the water uh, very very close to the person filming so yeah you might have to maneuver your vessel in a way that's not ideal but hopefully hopefully you will keep everybody safe and keep the vessel safe but the main goal is to keep everybody safe on your ship and on the other vessels. All right. Now, where did the Elba 5 captain certainly go wrong? Well, I would argue just looking at this, you know, this kind of quick mental list that I made. Well, here's the deal. So there's no set. I mean, you should have kind of like a list in your mind, sort of like, okay, if X happens, I do this. If this happens, I do that. And getting progressively more and more to where like, okay, I am just getting this boat out of the way, out of Dodge, and here we go. But but that said, you sometimes have to skip stuff on the list. So this captain, why were they blowing their horn? Why were they blowing? Like, like that other vessel is, a. I guarantee you, they're 100% restricted in their ability to maneuver. They're in a channel. They are big. Like, they cannot maneuver well at all. So it is that other vessel's responsibility, even if they're under sail, guess what? Your responsibility is to stay the heck away from that vessel. 
And so once he had assessed that, okay, this is going to be a close call, uh, he needed to be maneuvering his vessel in a way that would keep it safe. You know, now obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but the fastest thing you could do in that scenario is cast off your main sheet. All the effort goes into the forward sails. And yeah, the tiller's going to help you. Like you could use your tiller, but I guarantee you that boat would have started falling off pretty quickly. Had he done that immediately? Like, okay, you know, it's kind of assessing. Instead, what's he do? Goes to the horn. Five honks, honk, 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 honk. Great, five seconds gone. Five more honks, honk. Like you lost at least 10 seconds. Uh, maybe more when he could have been doing something productive. That other boat, how are they going to hear those five horns? Even if they did, like, what are they going to do about it? Not a whole lot. Like, what do you mean their intentions aren't clear? Like, they're going down channel. <laughs> That's the, Their intent is to go down channel and not get in an accident. Uh, they're obviously not able to maneuver that quickly. It's the other boats that have to be able to maneuver out of their way. So, yeah, you have to. So he's trying to get make that other vessel aware. Again, we don't know if they were on radio or not. But that signal, trying to communicate that, that that needed to be bypassed. Like that, that was no longer a useful signal. So sometimes when something happens, and it, it it's probably your fault. Like I've definitely been caught unawares for sure. But when that when that time happens, you might have to skip a few things on your checklist of okay. Well, if I see the vessel, are they aware? I'll, I'll assess that and this and that. You know, and I'll, I'll give you a good example. So I was on the C and D canal. And we were, and I was captain. I had checked in with the CND Canal because you, you know you have to check in with their their bridge operators, make sure all the bridges go up, that kind of thing. And so, I'm I made a mistake. Like I kind of assumed that that operator would let me know if another big vessel came down the channel. Like like my my mistake. You never assume, right? Uh, and so I, I was sailing. I figured I had the whole channel myself and, and we weren't sailing. You're not allowed to sail in the, C, in, in the, uh, sorry, it wasn't CND canal. It was the, uh, the Cape Cod canal. And you're not allowed to sail in the Cape Cod canal, but I was over on, you know, I was probably, probably slightly left of center channel. So, so I wasn't really where I should have been. And there, there was a, a blind corner and, and coming up. And luckily, one of my sailors kind of went, came over and said, hey, yo, there's there's a target on the AIS. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, we better get over to the starboard side of the, you know, the right-hand side of the channel. So we did. So I raced the boat over, and rounding the bend was a massive ship. <laughs> it just was like, it would have taken me completely by surprise. And thank goodness, thank, thank goodness, I was already over. So there was no need to make a, a quick snap decision. But, but yeah, it could have been a really bad situation, you know, now why was that vessel not getting in touch with me? I don't know. Maybe they were making the same assumptions, but regardless, don't, don't assume, you know, don't assume that that bridge operator that doesn't do this 24 seven, you know, knows what they're doing or, well, that's not fair, but they make mistakes too. Everybody makes mistakes. So the point is, yeah, I should have been over on the other side of the channel. I, I to this to this day, I don't know why I did have a relatively experienced person at the helm, but that's no excuse. Like I'm in charge. Like I was on deck and, and it's a canal. So I should definitely be on deck that whole time. So I'm not sure entirely what happened there, honestly, but we did get over to the side because one of my deckhands was aware and was comfortable enough with, with me and knew I wasn't going to be an egomaniac to let me know the information. So there's an example though, had that vessel rounded the bend, I would not have tried to like, like if it was close enough, 
I'm going to go straight to, okay, I'm not aware. Crap. They might not be aware of me. I'm going to make that assumption. Uh, no time for radio, no time for a signal, no time to shout at them, no time to make my intentions clear. Like basically I'm just going to maneuver and get out of their way. Whatever makes the most sense. And it might be turning to port and it might be cramming myself really, really close in between the side of that canal and that boat, but that might be the safest bet. Very bad idea to cross a bow, generally speaking, unless you're already, you know, had I already been in the process of crossing their bow, you know, I mean, it's, you, you make the assessment. Is, is it going to take more time to turn to the left and get away? Or is it going to make more time to just gun it and go straight and turn slightly to starboard and get the heck out of their way? You know, it, it depends on the situation. You can't answer that um, unless you're in the heat of the moment. But this does bring up a good point. Really build, build, kind of build muscle memory in your brain by creating scenarios. So you're going down a channel. Yeah, it's a nice, easy day. You see another vessel. All right, what if that vessel turns in front of me, in front of my bow right away to get into a slip? What do I do? What if another vessel comes out really fast? What if a vessel's overtaking me from the stern? What do I do? What do I do? And again, keep in mind, you don't want to get into an accident avoiding another accident. So you might not have the ability to maneuver very far away. You might make your intentions clear, but then come back closer center channel because honestly, maybe that other vessel needs to be giving some room as well. I've definitely, I remember I was sitting there instructing a captain and this other boat, it was a, it was an oyster, it was an oyster boat and they were just hogging the center channel, hogging it. I mean, just taking up the whole, you know, and granted it's a river. There's hundreds of feet on either side. So we, we had a lot of room to maneuver, but it was kind of a jerk move. You know, they're like totally in the center and we were slightly off to starboard. So I said, no, oh. he's like, oh, I need to turn to starboard. It's like, well, a little bit maybe, but but really look what you're doing. Don't put yourself, you know, because what if that person turns in closer to you? Now you have no room to get out of the way. You know, they might force you into a corner. Maybe they're having a horrible day and just want to make your life really hard. Are they aware of everything? No. Could a gust of wind come and actually push you? You know, like, like there's so many variables that happen out on the water. You know, you, you want to avoid accidents, but you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you ha- now no longer have any options. And this per- you're totally at the dictates of another person it's complicated. This is very hard to do in audio form. <laughs> I'll be honest, but, uh, but I hope it's making sense. Uh, so I guess the whole point of it is, yeah, make sure you have like, like, a, a, you know, a mental habit of this is what I would do in this situation, this situation, really practice it. Uh, but also understand there might be times where you need to skip things on your checklist and just go get out of, you know, get to make your boat safe and put yourself in that situation. So keep that in mind. I think in this situation with the Elba 5, the captain needed to skip a few steps, um, did not do so. And again, there might've been some some dyslexia. So we've already talked about that. I'm not gonna beat a dead horse. Uh, one thing though, because there's no video component to this podcast, but it, I did come across a really neat video. It was on YouTube by the Super Yacht Captain. Uh, now, pretty much all his videos seem to be mega yachts, which which is cool. Like he, he describes a lot of good information in there. Honestly, a lot of the stuff for mega yachts translates directly to your smallest little yacht. So don't don't let that put you off. Very good videos, um, but there was one. I'll leave it, the link a link in the show notes again, where he basically goes through and reads a statement from a captain who had crashed his boat into a dock, and and I really liked his description of it because he, he basically says like, look like. 
like all these people went online and said, oh, this captain should be fired and this and that. He's like, I wait, you know, let's wait for the information. And sure enough, the captain came out with a statement. It kind of explained what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. Like that a software failure. It does happen. The hitting the dock was the best choice out of all the other choices. Now, I disagree with his assessment of the wind. I don't think it was 24 knots. I've looked at the videos several times. I I don't know. I, I think generally people overestimate the the wind, honestly. Um, I'm sure he had instruments and maybe high up it was 24 knots, but definitely down at the waterline, that was not 24 knots. So I'm, I'm not sure where that assessment came from. Uh, and yes, I am accounting for the fact that there's probably a big lee on that vessel. I'm, I'm, I'm judging by even off the trees and stuff. It just didn't look like 24 knots of wind to me. But anyway, I could be wrong there too. Uh, but it's a good video, definitely worth watching. And so I'll leave links in the show notes. And that's what I got. So backseat captaining. Yeah, don't like it in general. Uh, definitely don't do it if you're passively trying to just stoke your own ego and help others uh, or make others feel good about themselves. That's that's not the way to go about it. But do give information, especially if you're a deckhand or somebody, if the captain's in need of information, give the information. Uh, give instruction if you are qualified for that and the situation warrants it and help your fellow mariners. My goodness. If you're being mean and backseat captaining and then realize, Oh crud, this person really needs my help. I'm pretty sure the people around you will respect you a lot more for going and actually assisting and doing a good job that way. And honestly, if you can't help, if you actually don't have the skills for that, you really shouldn't be telling somebody else how to dock a boat. Don't be that person. Be a good mariner, help your fellow mariners. And yeah, criticize your own dockings, get criticism from others, and let's go out there and be the best sailors we can be. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening to this. I guess it was a bit of a rant. Uh, <laughs> oh, hope it makes sense. Anyway, uh, yeah, be safe out there on the waters. Check out your local tall ships. Check out your local maritime museums. Check out your local yacht clubs. Uh, get involved with the water. Go, go experience it. Everybody be safe out there. Take care. Wishing everybody fair winds and a following sea. Thank you.